The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. I'm not going to start the show by saying, okay, this okay. week. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to start it by saying I'm not going to start the show by saying okay this week. Gene, how are we doing today? We are doing just fine, Elizabeth. So today our first question is going to be about side hustles. And I just wanted to talk to you just more about this is a specific question about side hustles and taxes. But in general, how do you feel about side hustles? Well, what is a side hustle? A side hustle is someone that works at a full-time job, and then they've got a little something on the side, and it's a hustle. A little something-something. So, yeah. What do you mean it's a hustle? I mean, is that legal? It's is that like, what you mean? Yeah, no. I mean, they could be an Uber driver. They could be a wedding photographer. They could be... They're, they're like, kind of a business owner, right. but not really... They're making money on the side. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, if they're making money on the side and they are a business owner, because mm -hmm. I'm a believer that if you file a Schedule C uh, for any outside income or you have customers on your own, yeah. like a wedding photographer, you're a business owner. That, okay. that, that is a business. So what do I feel about it? Good for them. I, you know, my only, uh, uh, I, I hope that you balance your life and that you are making sure that you're not ignoring your family and uh, giving some personal time for yourself, for your health and your well-being and mm -hmm. exercise and all that. But, hey, man, you want to finish your day job and go and you know, be an Uber driver at night to make extra bucks? Good for you. All right, great. That's awesome. Okay, we'll be right back with a tax question about side hustles after we hear from our sponsor. Did you know that more than half of the small and mid-sized businesses that fall victim to a data breach close within six months? It's true. And it's not just big businesses that are targets for data breaches. Small businesses are actually more likely target because of their lower security. Luckily, Small Biz Ahead has you covered. Our new ebook, How to Safeguard Your Small Business from Data Breaches, will help explain all the ways you can help protect your company from data theft. You'll learn about daily habits that could be exposing you to a breach, how to help protect company and customer data and credit card information, how to train your employees to help prevent breaches, and what to do if a breach happens. Go to smallbizahead.com and click the link in the show notes to download your free copy today. Okay, our first question. Oh, I did it again. I said okay. Okay. <laughs> our first question is from Quinn in Bellevue, Washington. And Quinn writes, I've recently retired and started giving piano lessons out of my home. I have a few students and I certainly don't expect to get rich doing this. Do I need to report the income I earn giving these lessons? Nah, you don't have to tell the IRS about any income. Just sweep it all out of the bed. Who's going to know? I'm going to guess he's probably getting paid in cash. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with that as well. Come on, Quinn. What, what do you think the answer is going to be to that question? You're kind of hoping that we'd be like, sure, it's fine. You're piano teacher. You put in, the, you, you put in your years of service. Yes, of course you have to report that income. And it doesn't make a difference if you're getting it. Check, cash, Venmo, Bitcoin. <laughs> if it's income to you, you've got to report it. You've got to report it on a Schedule C to your personal income tax return. Now, if you've got any expenses related to teaching piano, so maybe you buy piano materials or you have a piano she tuner. Yeah, sheet music or a piano tuner comes to your house once a quarter or whatever. That's the expense of doing your business. All right, that, that's good. You so know. What if the expenses of running that business exceed 
the earnings? <laughs> well, the Schedule C themselves, um, there are specific rules about whether or not that you can take a loss on a Schedule C. You got to talk to your accountant about that. Okay. Yep. What if it's just on the line? <laughs> I mean, if it's just on the line, then you've got the perfect business. You figured out a way uh, to uh, to make money, but come up with some expenses that like offset all of that. Um, you can make the argument, by the way, that it's the most imperfect business because if you're making money and you have as much expenses as you have, whether you're running a Schedule C or you're running the Hartford, right? Yeah. It doesn't sound like a good business if you're just breaking even. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with making a profit, okay? You got to pay taxes on it, but good for you, Quinn, if you're going to make some money teaching piano. I think <laughs> my kids could have used that. We spent, we gave my kids piano lessons for like five, six years. It was like they the worst it. mistake. Yeah. They were terrible at it. I remember we went to a recital and my one son was so bad. He, they had him play the piano teacher at the recital. There were kids at this recital. They were playing like Chopin, you know, and Bach. <laughs> my kid played literally chopsticks. Oh my God. Yeah. And I walked out of there saying, we paid, we just paid in piano lessons alone. I calculated it was like $22 a note for oh that. You know what I mean? When God. I look at all the, the notes that he played and the money Did that we paid him. Yeah, he knew he was bad. Did we kept, he care? No, we told him he was terrible. <laughs> so you're horrible at this. This is the last year so you're ever you doing this. make him keep doing this? We, we gave it a shot. You know, that was like, that's such a mom thing, isn't it? Like yeah. my wife was like, oh no, our kids have to take piano lessons. And like, you know, me and my wife, like we have like no musical capabilities <laughs> whatsoever. But it's like, I think it's like a thing that you do with your kids. Yeah. And you know, I don't, you know, it's fine to do that. But if you're a piano teacher, um, like Quinn, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a great little business. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. You don't have to leave your house and that's exactly right. Yeah. You're an expert. That's so right. that's I, awesome. That's right. Oh, by the way, Quinn, while we're on the topic, if you are teaching piano, don't even ask about taking like a home office deduction. You know what I mean? For the piano, unless that piano is in its own room and only gets used for, for piano lessons. lessons, and that's it. That room is not used for anything else. It's a piano office, you know? That's what... Okay, then you might have a position for saying taking some type of a home office deduction. But if it's sitting there in your living room and you're playing on it in your own and it's part of the decoration of the house, let, let's not even go there, Quinn. And I know you're going to ask that question because you asked whether or not you can even report the money you're making. <laughs> so I know that's coming up. So I'll just, I'm heading you off at the pass. Now, what about... Let's, let's expand this to other side hustles and Uber driver. Yeah, because they're going to send you yeah. a tax form. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, there's no getting away around that. Not only are they going to send you a 1099 because most Uber drivers are contractors, they're going to report the 1099 to the government. So you're, you got to report it. Someone that cuts hair out of their home for like, I don't know, two or three people. Are you seriously asking me these questions? If you're like, <laughs> if you're earning money, you've got, you know, you got to do my, again, I, I, I focus on my wife on this, on this. She's a tutor. She tutors after school. And um, she goes, she's like a reading specialist. And so she eats kids with, with, with tutoring. Do you know what she charges an hour? She charges 75 bucks an hour for people, for their kids to get help with reading. What These are ages? kids. They're like third, fourth grade kids. And they're like reading at like a first grade level. It's pretty serious. And, yeah. you know, it's, they, they really need that extra help for like a couple hours a week. But it's like, geez. So she walks out of there, you know, with like cash in her yeah. pocket. And, um, and of course, I'm the guy. You know, I'm like you the worst. No, I'm the opposite. I'm like, do we really have to? I'm just kidding. No, you got to report it. So she actually, she records on a spreadsheet. And then the only thing I make her do, though, is um, to make sure she's recording expenses. Like sometimes she takes a taxi cab to, you know, the place of the, the, the kids. Yeah, she's going to ask what her expenses yeah, are. Yeah, so she deducts that. Sometimes she has um, materials that she uses, you know, yeah. worksheets and such. And actually, she's like a certified 
learning specialist. She has a full-time job, but she's a certified uh, professional. Uh, and so she has to maintain those certifications, which oh, costs. Oh, so education. Education. Okay. There are expenses you can take yeah. on your Schedule C, but you got to report it. So don't even have to do cutting, <laughs> cutting hair. I'm not cutting hair. Kind of I'm just you know, I'm asking for our that, listeners. You never yeah, know. Okay. All right. We'll be right back with question number two, which is about capitalizing on a competitor going out of business. Yes. I like that. Did you know that increasing customer retention by as little as 5% can improve your profitability by as much as 75%? If you're looking to increase your customer retention and profits, check out Small Biz Ahead's new ebook, Keep Customers Coming Back for More. This ebook will teach you how you can use the reciprocity principle to increase sales, how to increase social proof to help drive customer interest, and why creating a fear of missing out can encourage customers to buy from you. Head over to smallbizahead.com and click the link in the show notes to download your free copy today. All right, we're back with question number two. <clears throat> this is from Monroe in Sioux City, South Dakota. And he writes, I own and operate a small hair salon and spa. I just learned that one of my competitors will be going out of business soon. How do I snatch up their customers for myself? <laughs> so this actually, I know, I, I feel like I can't believe we've gotten through maybe five to 10 podcasts where I haven't talked about my hair salon. This <laughs> gives me the perfect time to do that. So my hairstylist just left the salon she was at, the one I've been going to, to go to another salon. And I want to follow her, but the new salon does not allow you to make appointments online, which really bothers me because I work in an open office and I want to be able to just go online and make my hair appointment while I'm looking at my work computer and my, you know, anyway. So a good way to capitalize on a competitor going out of business is to get um, the best hairstylist from that salon to come work for you. Which I don't think, love that idea. I think it's salons. They bring their business. They I think this is the business model. So you provide the space and the chair, but they have to buy the hair dye and all of their supplies. So the costs of bringing someone new on aren't actually that high to you. I mean, yes, you have to pay them and everything, but they're taking on a lot of the, the risk themselves. Gene. Love that idea. I think that's great. In the salon business, it's very much that way. We are talking specifically, Monroe, about the hair salon business where um, a lot of times the people that are cutting the hair are contractors themselves. Um, and so you, you can you know, find out who they are and bring them over to work for you and they'll bring their customers with you. And from what I understand, um, and I'm speaking this from the viewpoint of somebody who has no hair, um, <laughs> that people with hair, uh, particularly females with hair, get very much um, um, connected uh, to the people that do like oh, their yeah. hair. I mean, yeah. like you, it's like a thing, you know, mm -hmm. like you don't want to switch. So um, if the if the stylist leaves one salon and goes to another, um, that person's going to bring along, you know, their, their, their customers with them. So I, I think that's really like a really great way, um, to do that. A couple other things. I mean, I don't know what your relationship is with the competitor that's going out of business. Um, but if you know this in advance is, you know, it, it I mean, sometimes if a person's going out of business, what's it to him or her to say, sure, if you want my customer list here, you know, here you go. I mean, you can always ask. You got nothing yeah. to lose saying, listen, I know you're going out of business. We're not, you know, um, I would love to pick up some of your customers. Do you have a list of them do you, that I could reach out and to or whatever? Pay for that. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I mean, it's it, it really depends. Yes, you're right. Sometimes a, a, a person might say, well, you know, if you pay, and then you do an ROI calculation. You're like, well, if I give this guy 2,500 bucks for the list and there's like, wow, there's all these names there. I can get this many customers and I can mm -hmm. make, you know, get a return. Or you might luck out and have the person just say, sure, I'm going out of business, whatever. Here's my list of customers. So ask, 
ask. So what did you? So let's say you get that list. Yeah. And then you're gonna do what? You're gonna reach out to those people with an offer. Yeah. What do you? Uh, you definitely want to reach out to. Them. Hopefully, if if you'll have like a phone number or an email address of that person, um, and then you're gonna invest a little bit. You're gonna hire somebody, a telemarketer, or get to like literally get on the phone and call them and say, "Heard you're leading in this salon, this business. You know, we'd love to offer you like a special you know discount to come and try us yeah. out." You know, and that's the other thing that I would also like to say is um, if you're looking to uh, bring in new customers like this from a competitor um, and you really want to give them an enticement, do something for free. Right. I mean, really go and say, you know what? We really we think we can do a much better job for you. Okay. Your first, you know, here, your, your appointment with us free. You can come on in, try us out, right? We'll see you. We'll prove to you. We're willing to put our money where our mouth is and we will prove to you just how good we are. Now, again, you know, that's an investment that you have yeah. to make. But in that business in particular, there's such a relationship involved that um, wouldn't you, like, I mean, you would, you would consider giving that as like, whoa, like a free cut at this place. I would I don't know consider if I would it. Value a free haircut, honestly. That's interesting. If someone, like, I'd be like, no, this is my hair. <laughs> like, you can't do How about, or, okay, then how about, like, I'll tell you what, you come on in, um, our price is X, so hopefully with something competitive. But if you don't like the cut, you don't have to pay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I would like, take if a you're 20, unhappy. 25% discount. I would take a free okay. manicure because it says he's a salon and spa. Okay. Um, By the way, that's great advice, Elizabeth. I mean, you know, there are certain things that um, if you offer them for free, it wipes out the value. It. Impossible. Yeah. That's great advice. So in that specific thing, maybe, you know, you're right. You know, maybe you you, you offer a little something yeah. extra without giving it away. If it was it a away. commodity, I would take it for free. Right. But my hair, I, mm. just, like, okay. I just wouldn't do it for free. It's good. It's great advice. We'll be right back after we hear from our sponsor with Jean's Word of Brilliance. Did you know that it takes 26 minutes to recover from a minor distraction? If you're looking to become an even more productive business owner, Small Biz Ahead has you covered. Our new ebook, 21 Days to Be a More Productive Small Business Owner, will help you set a course to supercharge your workdays and maximize your hours. You'll learn how to find the most productive time of day for certain tasks, which parts of your life you can automate, when to hire a virtual assistant, how to batch work to increase productivity, and more. Head over to smallbizahead.com and click the link in the show notes to download your free copy today. We're back with Jean's Word of Brilliance. All right, Elizabeth, this is an article that I wrote recently that reported on a study that was done by the United Nations International Labor Organization. They studied workers in 15 countries, and it resulted in the word of the day, and that word is stress. Oh my gosh. We had talked on a podcast before about working from home or working remotely. And a lot of companies have work from home policies, but guess what this study found? It found that people that worked from home suffered more stress than people that actually worked in no, the office. Really? The percentages are this 42% of the people that worked from home suffered from insomnia compared to only 29% of their colleagues in the office. 41% of those employees who work out of the office said they felt some degree of stress compared to 25% of office workers. So working from home, and this is a UN report that was done, um, and again, it's in 15 countries, found that 
maybe working from home isn't such a great thing for your Why employees. Why do you think that is? Well, some of the reasons given was that the responsibilities for the employees were more on their own shoulders. Stuff that they had to get done on their own, how they had to manage their work with their schedules, and the stress of not being in the office and seeing what's going on, like sort of being out of the loop, yeah. was causing yeah, additional anxiety among people. They felt like, and you know, we were, we were talking before with, with, um, uh, Jana, right? Right. Yes. And, and, you know, we were, we were talking about like working from home and how when you do work from home, you do feel like you're on your own Island. Sometimes you feel very insulated from the way the world yeah. is, is outside going on. So those numbers don't, you know, they, they don't surprise me that much. I have one other example. Like I work from home a lot. I'll never forget this. This was like years ago. It was like 10 years ago. I was working at home all day and, um, there was like a hurricane that was coming to like the Gulf of Mexico. And I remember um, I'm at home, nobody's at home. So it's just me and the internet. And I'm looking at the internet and like they're predicting that the world is going to come to an end and the hurricane is coming. It's going to knock out all of our oil production in the Gulf of Mexico. Is this Katrina? It wasn't Katrina. It was, it was another one. And there's going to be gas and oil shortages around the country. And it's like, you got to go out and like hoard up on gas. And I'm like reading this because it's the internet. So I'm reading the, I'm, re and I'm at home and I'm like, and I'm like stressing out. I'm like, holy mech. So like lunchtime came. And I'm like, I better go out. I'm going to go out right now. I'm going to fill up the car, make sure we got a full tank of gas. I mean, it's like the apocalypse yeah. is coming. And I go out as nothing. Everybody's whatever. There's no lines and a gas station. It was like, what, you know what I mean? So like, I kind of get it. Like if you're working from home and you're that much removed from like the world going on around you, you can create some stress for yourself that you're just not getting when you're among other people in the office. I guess I can see that. I just feel like not having the daily commute and like people interrupting you all the time. Like, I think it would be a wash. Well, listen, we're, we're in your office right now, right? We're yeah. in the office, buddy. You feel stressed? No. See, there you go. True. True. Well, there are security guards here. In case that is someone true. Comes for us. <laughs> it's out of line. <laughs> all right. Thanks for joining us this week, everyone. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Small Biz Ahead podcast. Thanks for joining Elizabeth and Jean for another edition of the Small Biz Ahead podcast. For the latest on small business trends straight from the small business experts, visit the Hartford Small Biz Ahead. We've got articles, how-tos, and videos to help you run your business more efficiently. Check us out at smallbizahead.com.